Hello everyone and welcome to Nostalgia Crew, the only show where we discuss all things nostalgic. Uh, I am Bill along with Danielle. Hello. And this month we have a very fun month here on the show as the featured uh, segment we'll be talking about is a special that I'm not really sure a lot of people know even existed. Um... So that's going to be fun to talk about, especially for me, since I've seen it twice now within the last month. So it'll be yeah. it'll be fun. I'll just be like randomly watching different pieces of it while you talk about. It. Yeah. Um. Now, one of the things that I'm sure people have noticed is that we have now our own channel here on iTunes, um, and it's quite simple, folks. Um, all you have to do to get this show on a monthly basis is subscribe to us. And if you like the show, please give us a good rating because the more good reviews, the more good ratings we get, the more audience that we'll have and the more people will come and listen to us jibber-jabber. <laughs> now, um, a couple of other things I want to bring up and then we'll get right to our uh, conversations is number one for you longtime listeners we now have a Twitter account um, and it's real simple all you do for those who have Twitter to follow us you just type in nostalgia crew 15 that is where you can follow us at nostalgia crew 15 and I chose 15 because well, that's the year that this show was created and began in 2015, so I figure let's make it easy for everyone. Go to uh, Twitter and then follow us at Nostalgia Crew 15 Okay, so uh, I want to talk about something that, Danielle, you and I, we've had this conversation in the past on the air, uh-huh. and we might have actually had it off the air as well. Yeah. And that is having a nostalgia day uh-huh. um, with our friends. So I've had a conversation with my mom, who, uh-huh. who listens to all my recordings because Ow. I well, she listens to them when it happens. Oh, I see. Yeah, because I live here in. My parents' house. I pay rent. I I do a lot of stuff around here, folks. Don't think that I'm some lazy bum. You know, I I pay rent. But anyway, um, so you know, we were talking about um, nostalgia day, and she was like, you know, that, you know, that's real fun. That's real good. But you know, you know what would be real fun? What? Is if we made it an unofficial holiday of Nostalgia Day. And she used the most perfect example. Um, my my dear good friend, Wiggly, who I have mentioned to you many times on this show, uh-huh. he created a holiday called February 7th. Uh-huh. And February 7th is a day where you give, uh, you know, your friends, your loved ones, gifts of media and 
you know, it could be like a video game, it could be a movie, it could be a book, it could be a CD, and, you know, you have lemon cake or lemon pie to go with it. Oh. You should you should try celebrating it. It's a fun day. But anyway. There was lemon cake involved. <laughs> but anyway, she was like, why don't you make Nostalgia Day a holiday, an unofficial holiday? And I was like, you know, that's perfect, you know? So this is since, you know, now these days, you know, you have like, oh, today is National Left Sock Day or today is International um, Raspberry Donut Day. Why not have Nostalgia Day? And this is what... And I, I gotta look back at my calendar, but basically, this is how you celebrate Nostalgia Day. You celebrate Nostalgia Day either in March or in April, like Easter. But here's the difference between Easter and Nostalgia Day. You celebrate Nostalgia Day either four weeks before Easter or four weeks after Easter. And on Nostalgia Day, you give, if you want, you don't have to, you give your friends the gift of anything nostalgic. Either it be an old movie, an old album, an old video game, an old book, you know, basically whatever. As long as it is nostalgic. Uh -huh. And we're probably going to have a Nostalgia Day celebration at my house next year. So, you know, we can give gifts of nostalgia. And we can, like, watch our favorite stuff on videotape. But the gifts, like, for movies, the gifts would be DVD, but it has to be old movies, so. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, we were thinking about it, and I was like, you know, that is just perfect. So, next year, we're going to celebrate Nostalgia Day all over the world. So, we, so we hope you can... Join in on the celebration of all things nostalgia. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you know what day this will be? Yeah, um, hold on, I gotta, I gotta get a calendar up because okay. I, I, I actually did figure this out. I just gotta look back. Here we go. Well, let's see. Easter is on... April the 16th. So, we can celebrate Nostalgia Day on the 18th of March. Okay. I don't... Well, it's hard to tell now because it's August, so... Yeah, I'm exactly. sure there's nothing going on. Yeah. But that... Okay. That should be interesting. So on March the 18th, folks, celebrate Nostalgia Day. Give the gift of nostalgia to the people that you care and love about. Wow, that really sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> you love about someone. Yeah, I mean... How do you 
<laughs> anyway. All right. Sorry, English major. Yeah. Um, All right. So now that we've done that, let's get into some conversation, some news. Okay. Um. So, oh, so you want me to go first? Did, did you have a? Did you have something, or I can? Yeah, I got a couple things. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you pick one first, and then. Pyramid and Match Game mm -hmm. and um, To Tell the Truth and also Celebrity Family Feud, which they had last year. Right. But um, they bought back. But I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle because now it's anchoring all these other game shows. Mm -hmm. So, um, anyways, I'm just going to double check something really quick. Um. So at least we'll get a second season of Match Game. Yeah, so Match Game, um, to tell the truth, $100,000 pyramid, Celebrity Family Feud, all back next summer. So Fantastic. Yeah, they they did it that quick. They just said, hey, because they're still airing. Like, they haven't even finished out yet. So. Yeah, I wouldn't think they have that much left. Yeah, um, Slurry Family Feud has a few more weeks to go. I know that this Sunday, Christy Yamaguchi, the fans, Olympic skater, her family's going to be playing on there. So I um, had a bit of nostalgia on uh, on Sunday because Jaleel White Urkel himself, his family was on there, and that was kind of interesting. Um, and the bonus round, he said, uh, what... The thing was, name something you'd put in a trap to catch a mouse. And um, he said, geez, he's like, you're going to ask Steve Urkel a cheese question? And, yeah, but he... <clears throat> but yeah, so... Get another. The one I'm really waiting on, though, is 500 Questions, which isn't a classic game show, but it's still a very exciting right. show. My whole family was watching this, and it's really big, but still no word. So hopefully that will come back to. Well, I mean, at least you know, you know, Match Game and Hundred Thousand right. Dollar Pyramid are coming back, and like you said, to tell the truth, yeah, it was a different version, and neither one of us were really, um, yeah, into it. But, um, you know, at, at least it's getting a second season. So yeah, and um, but yeah, I I like the new match game because even though I, I'm still a huge, have a huge, huge, huge soft spot for the classic version, it's funny because um, the questions have been updated to like modern day pop culture references. So like if you watch reruns of the 70s one, you might have to Google a few of the, just to get the joke. Mm -hmm. But now this one, like um, Costco has an adult section they are giving out free samples of blank. Or, um, I'm stranded on a deserted island with Scarlett Johansson's son blank. 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Very good. Yeah. Um, something that I wanted to talk about, and, and I'm and I'm not going to stir things up. I'm really not. Okay. But I, I just got to get this off my chest. Right. Um, during the last month, uh, we almost had pure chaos all over the internet with um, Sesame Street. And you know where I'm going with this. Oh, right. I did want to discuss that. Um, with, for, well, I'm sure everyone knows, but for the, like, few of you who don't, originally, Luis, Bob, and Gordon were let go from their contracts, and they weren't going to be on, you know, the next, this upcoming season of Sesame Street. And my God, the, you know, all of a sudden, all these people come out and they're like, why would you let them go? This is absolutely ridiculous. I'm never going to watch Sesame Street again. Blah, 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 blah. And then within a few days, they are like, okay, we'll bring them back. Okay. I just need to say this just to get this off my chest. Folks, Bob, Gordon, and Louise are not 30-something years old. These are guys who are at least in their 70s, maybe even in their 80s. Bob's 84. At some point, at some point, these guys can no longer be on Sesame Street. I understand that you want to have them still be on the show i understand that you know oh you know they're the best you know you, guys they're pushing the point where you know we're going to get to a point where we can't have them on right. anymore i mean right. okay like danielle mentioned bob is 84 you right know, he to be you know all due respect he's not can I have that much time left? And then with Gordon, um, real name Roscoe Orman, he's what? 72. He, you know, he's 72 years old. And then with Louise, as soon as I find him, Louise is 76. Yeah. I mean, c come on, people. Oh. Yeah. You know, I, I understand what you're saying. But the outrage wasn't because of that. Now, if they they themselves said, yes, we're getting old, we don't want to do this anymore, and chose to let leave, that's different than producers saying, oh, you're too old, get, you know, and firing them because of that. Mm -hmm. That's different is what. It wasn't because, you know, like if it were, you know, them, them choosing to leave, we probably would be sad, but we'd understand. Yeah. That's the issue. Not because, you know, we just want to keep them around. And no, it's, and it's also the stupid mindset that apparently children need somebody young, young to teach them stuff. No, they don't. That's because they're like, well, they need a younger, you know, we need younger people to get the kid. No, when I was a kid, we had Mr. Wizard. How old was Mr. Wizard? He had to be at least in his 60s. Yeah. 
Mr. Wizard. We didn't care that he was. Old. I mean, I thought Bob Barker was uh, Parks is Right was probably the funniest person the whole, like, when I was a kid. He did that till he was like in his eighties. Nobody, you know, and, and there were a lot of issues that I'm not going to get into mm-hmm. with that. But you know, you don't. Kids don't necessarily have to have a young hip person like um. Wild and Crazy Kids, which I thought this was stupid when I heard this, was there was a girl on there, her name was Annette Chavez. She lasted the fir- after the first season, they fired her because they said she was too old. She was like 18 or something. Yeah, I do remember the change. And they fired her, they said she's too old, they got, and they got a girl who was 15 to replace her. Yeah. Although, with all due respect, the girl that got to replace her was far better, but it had nothing to do with age. It was just that Annette just seemed bored, and the other girl seemed like she actually was having fun. <laughs> so, I, you know, they just did a better job personality-wise, but I, I think it's ridiculous to assume that somebody has to be young to entertain a kid. No, they don't. That's just so that was my whole issue with it. Right, I I understand. Yeah. But okay. But I just I'm just saying, you right. know, like, come on, guys, we, yeah, we gotta I get. get it. Like I said, if they but the thing was, if they said they wanted to keep doing it. That's what it was. That they said we wanted to come. We love this. We want to keep doing this. But HBO said we can't. Mm-hmm. That's why people were upset, not because. But thankfully, it's all been resolved now. Everybody. Do you think? Let me just. I mean, if you don't mind me asking. Sure. If they were not on HBO. Right. And just PBS. Right. Would this even have been a thing at all? No. No. All right. That's what I thought. People are also upset because of the HBO, and it, it, not only that, but HBO shortened it to half an hour. So people are upset about that. And, and I do understand the outrage because, let's face it, not everybody has HBO. That's very true. You know, PBS, you can get it wherever. Yeah, I don't know anybody who doesn't have PBS. Yeah. And I mean, yes, they're still airing the new ones on PBS, but it's six months after HBO gets them. So that means that, I don't know if this happens, but I'm if this still happens with kids, but it certainly did when I was a child. It, you know, going to school and the kids were like, yo, did you see Sesame Street, you know? I can honestly say that that never happened at my school. Okay, well, no, not Sesame Street, but TV show. Oh, yeah, definitely with TV show. Yeah, that, yeah not with Sesame Street, but, you know, but you get the idea, like, my, it's different now because, you know, everybody has. Mm-hmm. You can watch it on demand, you can do this, you can do that. But when I was a kid, if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. Right. Or you waited till the summer and they started airing reruns, and if you didn't catch it that time, you were out of luck. Pretty much. So. Pretty uh, much. But yeah, it, it's it's kind of sad that it, it's come to this, because HBO is just such a weird channel to have. I don't even think they got any new children's programming to accompany it. Uh, let me, I want to check. Uh, that, that, you know, that is true, though. I don't think they got anything as far as... Because they do, HBO does have a children's channel called HBO Family. Right. Which, if they had just picked it up, it would have made sense. But it's 
the regular HBO, like the the wire HP, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to. Nah, I don't think I'm gonna find it. Nah, it doesn't really matter. Oh wow! And yeah, I thought about something else to talk about. I'm so happy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do we have? Unless we don't have anything. Oh, oh! You mean, what else did I have to talk about? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, going on a similar tangent, um, Bill doesn't watch Girl Meets World, but, um, the show Girl Meets World, which, for those of you who I'm sure have heard of it, it's a spinoff of Boy Meets World. It's about Corey's teenage daughter, Riley, and her friends, but also Corey and Topanga. Corey's their teacher at school now, kind of like, and he follows them through school, kind of like Mr. Feeney follows them through school, because mm -hmm. they're now in high school. It started off in middle school, and they're now in high school, and Corey's now teaching in high school. Right. So it's kind of a, but the Disney Channel, there is a rumor circulating throughout with the cast. Oh, no, not a rumor. I'm sorry, I just yeah. had to do that. I had to do that, no, sorry. I'm sorry, it's a rumor, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but the fandom is already in panic mode, that Disney Channel isn't bringing it back for fourth season. So, um, and, and also Disney Channel is notorious for ending their shows after a certain amount of seasons, so that's the panic. Okay, so there is currently a petition circulating to get it on Freeform, which used to be ABC Family. Right. Um, and for Netflix, because Netflix has Fuller House, and Netflix, in my honest opinion, did a much better job with Fuller House than Disney did with Girl Meets World. For the simple fact that because Fuller House is on Netflix, it allows them to do adult storylines and kids' storylines mixed together, because Netflix isn't a specific demographic. Mm -hmm. So... People are panicking. For the, this is about the stupidest thing I've heard. This one woman is like, oh my God, if it's on Netflix, there's all the adult shows on Netflix, and kids might see them and get nope. ideas. I'm like, for what? Hmm. I mean, first of all, you know Netflix has like parental stuff on it? That yes. That you can do to not have that problem? Exactly. And secondly... When we were kids, we watched, well, first of all, Boy Meets World had tons of adult jokes on it when we were kids. Secondly, um, we watched Boy Meets World on ABC, which, you know, Friday nights had the kids' shows on and stuff. Mm -hmm. But on other days, they had shows like NYPD Blue. Um, <laughs> what else was it? Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. There were um, so many. Yeah, Rosie, well, I actually watched Roseanne when I was a kid, but, I'm, you know, it, it wasn't all, like, family-friendly programming. Right. Like, 2020 used to air right after TGIF, and if your parents let you stay up a little later, you would catch all kinds of stuff you'd have questions about. Um, so, and it didn't affect any of us. Like, we didn't see that and think, ooh, yay, let's go do that. Yeah. Because we had parents to tell us, hey, don't do that. Or, you know, we just... I, I just think it's so stupid that, like, you assume 
that. Um, and also, um, Fuller House recently announced that the New Kids on the Block will be making a guest appearance on there. Which, I, I did hear about that. Yeah, which I'm so excited about. I know some of you are like, eh. <laughs> but I'm they weren't even on the original version. No. Like, they were. I think, like, the biggest band they got was the Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because they didn't really... They did have a few celebrities. Like, they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Little Richard. I remember Little Richard. Oh, but, Little Richard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, wait till we talk about him. <laughs> so, um, but... I remember the episode where... Stephanie had a pop star singer birthday party. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, we did talk about that. Right, and I thought he was like he was like a really famous person. Me too. And I told the kids at school, they're like, "Who's that? Somebody who's famous?" And you (laughs) lied to them all. We're making such a big deal out of him. I thought, ah, but I really am pumped for season two. Um. They're going to have, they just did the Thanksgiving episode where they got everyone back, except for the Olsen twins. Of course. They recently, um, Jodie Sweden, who plays Stephanie, recently said that the cast has given up on them. I would, too. They have given up on China. I would, too. On. They said, you know, and, and the show's actually fine without them, to be honest. Like, you'd forget that they even had three kids sometimes, because it's just. It worked so well, and um, but, but they got a Thanksgiving episode. They got everybody else back. They got Nikki and Alex, um, plus Joey, plus Joey's wife and kids. So, oh, we're we're the twins. We're muscular. We're a bunch of muscleheads. Ugh. Yeah, they're, <laughs> I, I still laugh because at the part where they said they were going to move back home and their parents were like. <laughs> That, that did crack me up, but yeah, I, I'm curious to see what more they have to do, because they didn't really do too much, but, and also, apparently, Joey and his wife are supposed to be, like, super hands-off parents, so their kids are, like, running wild, so, that should be interesting. That'll be fun. But, but doesn't surprise me one bit, because, well, let's face it, you've seen, you know. Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. Okay, so, you wanted to talk about... Oh, yes, let's get right into this one. Okay. Um, okay, so, dang, I went to the wrong site again. Okay, so, there is a bit of a story to why I am or going to review this special. I did not realize it at the time. And this was actually a couple months before the show started. Our show started. In February, or July, I don't even know at this point, but it doesn't really matter. Last year was Bugs Bunny's 75th birthday. And I don't think anybody said anything anything about it. Like, not one word. I'm surprised. That that I remember. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm I, wrong, I'm I wrong. I just know. 
so, um, so I was like, first off, I was like, okay, where's the injustice, you know, because you probably would give Mickey Mouse, like, a freaking, you know, ticker tape parade and do all that. But at the same time, I had this thought of, wasn't there a special for Bugs Bunny for his 50th birthday? Because, like I have mentioned many times, one of the game video games I used to play a lot when I was a kid was called Bugs Bunny's Birthday Blowout, okay. which, which I beat twice. I don't know how many people can say that, but I can't. So, I was, you know, I was like, this, this happened. Like, in my, in my little mind, like, in my mind, I was thinking to five-year-old me, and I'm like, this happened. I know this happened, but I can't prove that it happened. Well, we go to a couple of months ago, and damned if I could, I found it. I found the special. So I was so excited. I was like, yes, all right, here it is. This is the proof right here. You know, all these years, blah, 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 blah. And, well, we'll just wait till you hear my thoughts on the special. But anyway, <laughs> um, this is obviously not the first Warner Brothers special that you know, came out many, many years ago. Um, I, I couldn't even give you a, a number at this point. Mm -hmm. um, however, this special aired on Wednesday, August the 15th, 1990. So you're sort of still in the... Um, how can I put this? You're still in the position of, hey, we're still, you know, doing cheesy 80s stuff, but we're into the 90s and we haven't left the 80s quite yet. Oh, is a, yeah. Is, is a good way to put it. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's this big celebration, you know, 50 years, Bugs Bunny, and you know, well... Should, should I just go into the review? Yeah, go on ahead. I think I should just go into the review. Yeah. So we start the, the special off with a little montage of, you know, Bugs Bunny's work. And it's a good opening. You know, it's, it's a good mix, like a two, three minute opening. Mm -hmm. Then we go into the intro. And they got, you know, one of those, um, um, uh, uh, you know, announcers big announcers and it's like and now ladies and gentlemen happy birthday bugs 50 loony years and it's like featuring wait what who who's on this wait wait what what who wait who wait come on wait why no okay the announcer Goes so freaking fast. Alright, let me just watch 
You, I'm going to turn this down now a little you bit. You cannot get. You, you can't get everybody. It's like, wait, who's on this? Who's in this, you know? And then we get a musical number from uh -huh. Little Richard. Little Richard? Yeah. Now... Well, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Now... Hold on. All right. Danielle's getting ready for this. Yeah, I, I just want to see if there's anybody I've actually heard of. <laughs> well, I have the list. I have the the, the people that oh, made an appearance. Show the list of the, okay. I do right. have it. So, um, so Little Richard performs this musical number called "That's Not All, Folks." It's a good song. It's a good opening. Here's the problem, though. Other celebrities try to sing the song, and they're absolutely god-awful. Oh, my God. Fred Savage. Oh John my, Goodman. Like really fast. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I'm seeing the opening now. It, yeah, it goes really fast. It, I mean, it's... You can, like, blink, and you'll miss people. Exactly. So... Is that Kirk Cameron? Yeah, Kirk Cameron's in this. Oh, my God. So... Oh my God! Well, this isn't this isn't even everybody. So, so after the the song where it should have just been Little Richard and not Little Richard and people that would have failed on American Idol ten plus years later, we go to one of your favorite people from television, Harry Anderson. Yes. Now, I should mention, for the duration, that Daffy Duck is watching this special. Should mention that. Daffy Duck is watching this special, I guess, at his house. So... Oh, God. Harry Anderson starts explaining sort of like, the career of Bugs Bunny. And, you know, they're going along. They got footage, you know, right next to Harry. He's got this TV right next to him. He's lounging around. Then we break into the special for a protest that is going on outside of Television City. And famed sports announcer Joe Garagiola, that is a real person, by the way, for those oh, people yeah, who I know. know. Okay. Is there for the protest. What the protest is about is that Daffy is not getting love or respect. And that it should be all about Daffy Duck. And they were, like, there's this one person who's like, did Daffy Duck get his own special when he turned 50? No! Did he get his own stamp from the U.S. Postal Service? No! Was he a guest on the Pat Sajak show? Yes! And it, it, yes, Pat Sajak did have a talk show. And then, and then at one point, somebody goes, I love Daffy Duck so much, I'd vote for him for president! And Joe Gary Joel is like, uh, wait a minute. For president? I think he'd have to be a little bit loony to do that. And then the guy's like, all right, for Vice President Daffy Duck. And the, and the people are like, yeah, Vice President Daffy, Vice President Daffy. And it just makes... 
I don't like the specials where they have to concoct some sort of plot to go with it. Like, it just seems so... Right, you know? So, so you know, do what you were going to do. Right. So then, they cut away from the protest to go back to finish whatever Harry Anderson was saying. And then they go to Entertainment Tonight. And the... And the virgin slayer, uh, Mary Hart, who sucks the soul out of young female virgins so Mary Hart can stay younger and pretty looking, <laughs> does this biography of Bugs Bunny and how that he was born in Brooklyn and he lived right across from Ebbets Field where the Brooklyn Dodgers used to play and that he had a Brooklyn accent and that... Uh, he did jobs here and there, you know, to make ends meet, and then he took a uh, took took a twain, took a train to Hollywood to become, you know, to try and make it into Hollywood. And he goes into like, oh, you know, he met his old friend Elmer Fudd one fateful day, and you know, they do this one thing, and the rest is history, and. That's basically that. Um, so then, after that, um, and actually, I should mention, we do get a couple of interviews. Uh, one from Chuck Jones, the other from Frizz Freerling. Um, and then, after the report, the, the biography is done, the TV is changed. And then we get these unnecessary clips of Donahue, unnecessary clips of Sally Jesse Raphael, unnecessary clips of Geraldo, and an unnecessary clip of Joan Rivers. And it's all the same theme. It's, you know, these guys are Bugs Bunny fans, they're addicts, they change their names to try to get hooked up with ladies. You know, it's... Oh, God. It's absolutely stupid. I mean, it just makes you want to pull your eyeballs right out. Um, so, after that, um, we then go to, uh... Actually, we catch Pierce Brosnan coming out of a, a meeting. And what's this? Pierce Brosnan has a mustache on? I didn't know that Pierce Brosnan had a mustache at one point. This was back when he was primarily known as the television star. See, I didn't even remember that. He was, yeah. <laughs> so, then, um... Pierce Brosnan talks about how Bugs Bunny is like this sex idol. <laughs> like this sex icon. I can't, like, he, what, you know, he woo. And it's not the only time that this gets mentioned. Um, and I think at one point in this, and maybe I'm going a little bit too far ahead of myself. I'm not sure. A couple of the celebrities ask about 
getting advice from Bugs Bunny on basically getting hooked up. And at one point, Fred Savage comes on, and he's like, Well, Bugs, I used to wear your pajamas when I was a little kid, and I would take my Bugs Bunny lunchbox to school. And now, you know, I'm in junior high school, and I have this thing about this girl. And my first thought is, oh, you must be talking about Winnie. Um, <laughs> and then, then, after that, we go to Dr. Ruth. Uh -huh. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. We, we, we will go to Dr. Ruth, but we will in a minute because we go back to the protest that is going on. It's now been moved to the Chinese theater in Hollywood, and they're still protesting about the, the whole treatment of Daffy Duck. So, that's continuing. Now we... Maybe I did go too far. I don't know. But anyway, you know what? I'm going to talk about Dr. Ruth. So Dr. Ruth comes on, and she talks about how when Bugs Bunny changes into a woman, Bugs is simply irresistible. You know, it's like, ooh, Bugs Bunny, when he changes into a woman, he becomes simply irresistible. And this is actually one of the few highlights of this special, is they play a montage of Bugs Bunny dressed in drag and... They're playing Robert Palmer's Simply Irresistible. So it's like, okay, this is good. This is good. You know, this is a good part of the show. I can, I can get through with this. So, after the protest, here comes Chuck Norris. Oh, why not? And here's Chuck Norris working out. This is what Chuck Norris does the entire time he is working out talking about how Bugs Bunny is a man's man. Uh, <laughs> just like this special is just gonna make you hate Bugs Bunny. <laughs> it's just, like so overrated. Like, oh my god. <laughs> just no. Um, and I love him too. Who, Bugs or Chuck? <laughs> and then after Bugs Bu or after Chuck Norris talks about Bugs Bunny for no reason whatsoever Hulk Hogan is on uh, just keep going <laughs> so Mean Gene Okerlund uh, for those who don't know who he is uh Used to be their reporter for many years. Mm -hmm. He interviews Hulk Hogan about the upcoming match against Bugs Bunny. And Hulk's like, Bugs? I got a match against Bugs, brother? He's no match for me, dude. And then they show the clip of the cartoon where Bugs Bunny was a wrestler. And, you know, they, they showed a little bit of that. And then Hulk still isn't convinced. And then they show Bugs and Daffy doing stuff. And 
Hulk still isn't convinced. And Mean Gene talks about Bugs Bunny's legendary feud with Elmer Fudd. And then after that, it's like, Well, you know something, brother. I know this. If he could survive 20 pictures with Elmer Fudd, I'm no match for him. And he rips off his shirt, and here's a happy birthday bug shirt underneath it, and Daffy Duck just has this look of, like, you've got to be shitting me. You just have got to be shitting me. See, and, and actually, I will say this. As a fan of wrestling, as all of you know by now, mm-hmm. this was the one thing I remembered as a kid. was like, hey, wasn't Hulk Hogan on some special years ago about Bugs Bunny? And it's like, well, there's the proof right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then we come back, and then we get the best line in the entire episode. And it's a line that is still used to this day by people watching television. Oh, Maury's on. And we go to a current affair with Maury Povich. Yes. Oh, Maury's on. <laughs> that is the best line of the whole special. Uh-huh. Like, if anything else, it's like, oh, Maury's on. People still say that 20 plus years later. So, then we go into... And, and this is actually a little bit true. And they did a good part on this. Um, they talk about how... Is this really Bugs Bunny's 50th birthday? Because back in... And I, and I have the year in front of me. 1938, Bugs Bunny's first appearance was in a Porky Pig cartoon. Mm-hmm. And he has this completely different look, which is true. If you watch the, the much older uh, Warner Brother cartoons, Bugs Bunny has a completely different look than he does, you know, many years later, which would become, you know, the famous look. Mm-hmm. Then we go to... Oh, my goodness... Then we go to this guy, and uh, Max Roth is his name, played by Milton Berle. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm the real Bugs Bunny. I am the real Bugs Bunny. You know, uh-huh. they should be celebrating me. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Then we go to, and we're still in the whole current affair situation. Oh, my God. Yeah, this gets longer. Then we go to this Hollywood agent, played by Milton Berle. And he says that Max Roth is nothing more than a liar, and that, you know, what does he know, and I discovered Bugs Bunny, and all this. Then they do an interview with a guy who is blurred out, which we know is Elmer Fudd, just because of how he talks. And Daffy at one point is like, you're not saying the right things! And Maury's like, is there someone there with you? Uh, no, mister. Yeah, it it, it just is... Uh Uh-huh. It's bad. And then 
we have yet another person played by Milton Burrow, because, you know, the kids can't get enough of Milton Burrow in 1990, um, saying that Max Roth is just full of hot air and he's blowing, you know, steam out as you know what, and that's basically the end of that. And, and thankfully, that is the end of the use of Maury and, more importantly, of Milton Burrow in this special because, oh my god, what a terrible way to use Oh, oh my god. Oh, man. And then, uh, after that debacle is over, uh, we have an Acme sale. You can buy all the Acme products. Acme Birdseed, Acme Dynamite, Acme this, Acme that, you know. And it's just, it is just getting real bad at this point. I, I mean, it's just... You can tell that this was just, it was like, you could tell in a way that it was rushed and, or maybe not rushed, but, I don't know. Then we go to uh -huh. Bible-thumping man himself, Kirk Cameron. Yeah. And he talks about how when he was on the Warner Brothers set, the, oh, wait a minute, hold on, I'm sorry, that's right. There is one more. Okay, I went a little bit too far. Again, I apologize. Um, the protesters of Daffy Duck gave up. They they quit. It just wasn't working for them. Now we go to Kirk Cameron, who talks about how he couldn't believe when he got on the same lot with Bugs Bunny that he was, you know, in the, basically the same dressing room with Bugs Bunny and that he was actually using the same dressing room that Bugs Bunny used for one of his many cartoons 40, 30 plus years ago and it's just a dream come true and you know you could just tell it's getting real cheesy at this point. And then William Shatner talks. I don't even remember what William Shatner said. That that That's how this special is. I don't remember what William Shatner said I think that's how bad this is when you don't remember what somebody talked about. Uh. Um, and I actually have the video playing in front of me, but I have it on silent, so... And then John Goodman does impressions, and it he does a Bugs Bunny impression. And then another John, John S., I'm not sure who it is, I don't feel like looking at it right now, he talks, and then Martin Mole talks, um, and he, you know, congratulates Bugs on, you know, all turning 50 years old. Um, who, who else? Hold on. The video is still going. I'm, this yeah, is I'm how. Let's see if I can find the John F. Oh, okay. And then we get. What point are you at? Like, what? Well, I'm going to tell you. Now we have Tommy Lasorda come up. For those who don't know who Tommy Lasorda is, he used to be the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he said that if Bugs Bunny had not decided to take a career in acting, he would have been the greatest baseball player that ever lived. And then we get to the, uh, we get to the cartoon where he, Bugs, 
plays against an entire baseball team. And then we get to this point where they're doing the safe out, safe out, safe out, and Tommy Lasorda is right there. He's like, safe, 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 safe. You know, it's just... Oh, my God. Yeah. And then other people talk. Um, like I said, I'm not going to know everybody right now off the top of my head. I will let you... Oh, this is the part where he talks about how, you know, Bugs is a romantic and gets the leading ladies... And Jane Seymour is on, and she has this dress, and how she, I think, has the hots for Bugs Bunny. I'm not really <laughs> sure at this point. I don't know. And how Bugs can get into many different characters. He's doing one of uh, Franklin Roosevelt right now as we speak while I'm watching this. Um... And then I think there's another part... Yeah, Carl Weathers... Apollo oh, Creed. I that was Carl Weathers. He talks about how Bugs does his own stunts. And he's one of the few people that does his own stunts. Uh-huh. Well, n naturally, because Bugs is a cartoon character. Yeah, you know, Bugs is a cartoon character. He can, he can perform his own stunts. I, I, I get the point that he was trying to get, but, you know, it just... So then, Daffy... Oh, John Lithgow. Oh, my God, yes. John Lithgow has known Bugs Bunny for many, many years, as they were both aspiring actors. And he's going to have his kids one day meet Bugs Bunny and hang out with Bugs Bunny. Hey, no, he could pull off saying that. Maybe. John Lithgow... He, That's a he weird made... dude. Yeah, he. I I don't think it's weird that he did that because he he's kind of a goofy guy. So that. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go to a live scene where Daffy Duck is meeting with some reporter from the, from Variety, and the reporter's talking about how. You know, why are you jealous, Daffy, of Bugs turning 50? You know, what is this hate all about? And, you know, they show more clips of, you know, Bugs doing stuff and Daffy being jealous. And then, um, the waiter brings, um, the, the reporter's favorite dish, which happens to be duck. And Daffy is so irate that it is like he is going to kill this reporter. Uh-huh. But he gets thrown out of the restaurant. Trust me, folks, we are almost getting to the end of this. Trust me. I, I know you guys are holding in there. We're almost to the end of this. Yeah. Then we go to... Raven Simone and Bill Cosby. And, you know, this is Raven back when she was cute. Now she's not so cute anymore. Oh, God. Um, and they're talking about the different cartoon characters. Like, Bug, you know, how Bugs Bunny is friends with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. And Bill Cosby goes into this, you know, who does the voice of Bugs Bunny. And he talks about Mel Blanc. And this is a beginning of a very nice tribute to Mel Blanc. Mm -hmm. As 
the year prior to this, Mel Blanc passed away. So, Raven is still confused between Bugs Bunny and um, Mickey and Winnie the Pooh and, you know, because Raven is five years old. Uh-huh. And then we get Whoopi Goldberg on. And she does, like, the nice tribute of Mel Blanc. And it's like, what connection does Whoopi Goldberg have to Mel Blanc? Yeah. I, I don't get this. And oh. yeah, go ahead. And, 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 and I, they do show the famous um, picture of all of the Warner Brother cartoon characters standing in mourning for, you know, Mel Blanc. And it says speechless and... And then Whoopi, after talking about Mel Blanc, talks more about Bugs, calls him Babe, and it just gets, you know, they do that. Uh-huh. And then, for the finale of this special, 50 years of Bugs Bunny in three and a half minutes. So they show all these different cartoons with Bugs Bunny in it. All 50 years of them crammed into a three and a half minute tribute. I guess. Which kind of makes you wish they had just done that, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I looked it up, and the John S. is John Schneider, who played Bo on the Dukes of Hazzard. Uh, Yeah. And that is mercifully the end of the special. Okay, let me tell you some of the other people that were in this that I might have failed to mention during this special. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't even see them at all in the special. In this was uh, Harry Anderson, like I said, Army Archard, mm-hmm. Alice Beasley, are you just naming all of them or people you've heard of? All of them. Okay. Except for the voices. The, the voice okay. of the cartoon characters. Milton Burrow, Pierce Brosnan, Kirk Cameron, Cynthia Leah Clark, who was one of the picketers. I would not have known. Actually, Alice Beasley was one of the picketers, I think, as well. So. Okay. I'm, uh, like, Googling some of these people. Even though I... Army Archard was a famous columnist for Variety magazine. Oh, that's who it is. Okay, that's no. who it was. That's who okay. it was. Okay. Uh, Pierce Bros, uh, uh, Bill Cosby, Phil Donahue, Morgan Fairchild, who was in that terrible opening number, Joe Garagiola, Debbie Gibson, Whoopi Gold, <laughs> Debbie, okay, Debbie, yeah, John Goodman, Whoopi Goldberg, Valerie Harper, Mary Hart, Hulk Hogan. Tommy Lasorda, John Lithgow, Little Richard, Martin Mole, Chuck Norris, Louis Nye, George Peppard, Maury, Sally Jesse Raphael, Geraldo, Joan Rivers, Pat Sajak, Fred Savage, John Schneider, Peter Scolari, Jane Seymour, William Shatner, John Voigt, Leo Weltman, Ruth, Dr. Ruth, Vanna White, and Cindy Williams. I've heard of most of those people. Were all in this 
God Forsaken Special. I'm looking up trying to figure out what Jane Seymour was famous for at the time. But, um, yeah, I've heard of a good, great deal of those people, so. Alright, now that I've mentioned everyone, there is a problem that I do have with this special. And it's not that it exists. Well, actually, that that is one problem. <laughs> but that's not my main problem. The main problem I have with this, and I actually compared this in my head to Mickey Mouse's 60th birthday, which we will review sometime down the line. Uh-huh. When I watched the Mickey Mouse special as a kid, the plot was about Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse was involved in the cart, you know, was involved in the special. Mickey Mouse was actually doing something. Right. Here, Bugs Bunny isn't used at all. Not one bit. Uh-huh. It's like they did not care to draw him. They did not care to give him a plot. They did not care to do anything with Bugs Bunny. And that really bugged me. Because I'm thinking, here you are, you know, this is a TV special. It's 50 years of Bugs Bunny. Wouldn't you want to use Bugs Bunny for something, anything, even if it's just two minutes? You know, that's what really got me. Yeah. And then, here's the thing with the special. Right from the, right from the introduction, actually, of this show, uh-huh. it is a complete mess. It is, it's just a mess. It is a nightmare. Like, you can't keep track, number one, of the celebrities that are in this. Uh-huh. Number two, the celebrities are used for either the wrong segments or the wrong reasons. Uh-huh. And number three, some of the celebrities on this they don't make sense being on here. Like, Chuck Norris. What is Chuck Norris doing on this special? Uh-huh. What is Hulk Hogan doing on this special? It makes no sense. I understand, like, like I said when I began this review, I understand that, hey, it's 1990. We just ended the 80s, but we still have that feeling of the 80s, and we gotta get at least one or two more good years left of that decade squeezed out of there, and then we can say the 80s are done for. This is just... I, I, I'm disappointed. I really am. I, I normally like stuff where it's like a bunch of celebrities getting together and, you know... Right, and I'm thinking, okay, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny is one of, he's one of the most, if you think about it, one of the most iconic American things that we have as a society. Yeah. And it's almost like 
they treated this special, whoever, I, I think this was CBS. I'm, I'm going to guess CBS aired this. Uh, that's just a guess. Um, oh, yeah, it's hard to tell, because usually you can tell because some shows only have certain people from who star on shows on their network on mm -hmm. there, but that one... Um, everybody. And Bill Cosby's on NBC show, so, yeah, it's hard to tell what network that was. And then the, the other thing that really got me was... Not the second time around watching this. It was the first time around watching it. Because they came out with a video tape of this special. Mm -hmm. They cut so much stuff out of this. Mm -hmm. It is unbelievable how yeah. much crap they cut out of this. And some of it is good stuff. And they just edited it out. They cut it out of the, of the home video. And I actually looked up on eBay for this videotape. Oh, my goodness. And it's up there on eBay. It's up there. Here, I'll... I'll I'll tell you guys how much they're looking for. Uh huh. Okay. Here's the first one that that pops up. New sealed, ten ninety nine. <clears throat> you got another copy, twelve seventy eight. Uh huh. Another copy, good condition, five fifty. Another tape, two forty five. Another tape. Three ninety nine, three twenty, four ninety nine, two sixty nine, four ninety nine, fourteen forty five, ten ninety nine, and nineteen ninety nine. Right. That's good prices, but after watching this, and then me telling you that they actually edit some stuff out from the from the TV special for the right. video version, this is not worth looking for. So what we watched, was it recorded from an original broadcast? Yes, most of it, yes. Okay. And, I mean, I, okay, because right now, you know, we're, we're basically 24 years away from Bugs Bunny's 100th birthday. Uh-huh. They, if they do a special, which I doubt, but if yeah. they do, they better not mess this one up. And I remember when it was Bugs' 50th birthday because um, I went to a birthday party at the Baltimore Zoo. They had, like, Bugs Bunny's 50th birthday um, when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember too much about it. I do remember somebody in a Bugs Bunny costume, but um, I do remember going there. I was about maybe four or five years old. I must have been... Um, so, but yeah, that's kind of crazy that, um, you know, he's not even, he could have come at the end to say thank you or something. Right. They didn't do that. That's really weird. I think that's the most disappointing part in yeah. all of this is that you have this special. Uh-huh. 
and, and and it's like I said, in the Mickey Mouse special, when they celebrated his 60th birthday, there was a story. They used Mickey Mouse. Right. Here, there was a bit of a story being Don or Daffy is jealous, but they didn't use bugs at all. They didn't use them. And like I said, it just the way that they're describing him. Yes, he's a very when, and I love Bugs Bunny, and I think he's hilarious. But gosh, it's like ego much. Yeah. It's a bit, you know. And then, and this is a funny part. This has nothing to do with the Bugs Bunny special, but I thought I should mention this. Uh-huh. I found another special, birthday special. This is one I didn't even know existed. Oh. This is one that we're going to do later down the line. Right. A 10-year birthday of Garfield. Ah. Which, like I said, did not know existed. Hmm. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that is the review of Happy Birthday Bugs, 50 Looney Years. And I will be posting the video in our Facebook group so you too can watch in horror and terror. <laughs> this disappointment of a special. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, this is now uh, the time when we uh, make our selections for our movies and albums of the month. And Danielle, you get to start us off this month. Um, as you know, I am terrible at remembering these things, um, despite the fact we've been doing this for a year, but given what we just talked about, I think it's only appropriate that we select probably Bug one of Bugs Bunny's greatest movies of all time, Space Jam. <laughs> one of his greatest movies. <laughs> one of, okay. I'm just joking, I'm joking. It is still the highest grossing basketball film of all time, I think that's pretty significant. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Opened at number one in the U.S., grossed over $230 million worldwide. So, yeah. It, it's kind of weird for kids now to watch it because you kind of had to be there to get the gist of the movie. Mm hmm. Because, um, for those of you who don't know, Michael Jordan, um, the old just telling a story, um, who's a famous basketball player. I think everybody does. Oh, anyway, go ahead. I'm just going to be right. quiet. Right, basketball player. You know that. Okay. In 1993, he retired from the NBA. And then by 1995, he eventually came back to the NBA. But there was like a brief period where he played baseball. Um, mm -hmm. And um, but by the time this movie had come back, he had gone back to playing basketball again. And um, so this was this movie is sort of a fictionalized account of why he retired from basketball in that um, he had uh, these 
monsters had come down to, they played against um, the Looney Tunes and basketball, and they stole all the powers of basketball players to make them big and strong, and I, I swear it's much funnier than I'm making this sound, <laughs> but anyways, it's a very interesting movie. It's weird because, you know, if you were a kid in the 90s, it probably will seem really odd. A lot of the jokes will probably, you know, but it's a cute movie. It's still a cute movie. And this is actually coming up in November. It will be the 20th anniversary of the movie. And they will... And a sequel is in the works, which I am not thrilled about. Well, they've been looking for that for years. No, they said um, they were in talks to direct it, and they're now starting production. So, there's rumors that LeBron James is attached. Yep, that's who I have heard. Yeah, but um, it is called... Where is this? Okay. <laughs> She's looking hard. Oh, okay. And also, there is a chance online to wear the um, shoe prop that they're, um, he used the shoes, the Air Jordan hairs for filming Space Jam. Mm -hmm. hmm. And you can get them. I don't know, I think that's cool. But anyways, yeah, Space Jam. That was one of my favorite movies. And I say it's one of his best movies ever because... Um, there were, um, the Looney Tunes back in action was not a good movie. No offense to those who liked it, I didn't care for it. Which one? Looney Tunes back in action. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, starring, uh, Brendan Fraser and Jenna Elfman. Who, right. Who are actually two really entertaining people. And Steve Martin. How could I have hated that movie? Steve Martin. Gosh, you tell I me. love Steve Martin. <laughs> Huh. Okay. All right. Well, it's my turn, and I'm going to stick with the cartoon theme, but I'm going to go a little bit different. Um, as we are recording this, uh, the Olympics are slowly coming to an end. Uh, the Olympics actually end tomorrow, the 21st of August. I knew this was going to be my pick last month. Right. I just didn't tell you that. I have a feeling of what it is Yeah, now. I think you do. Yeah. Um, last year, I made the album an album of the month. This time, I'm going to make the movie my movie of the month. And it is Animal Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we discussed this a long time ago, but... Base, what this is basically, like, the way that we were introduced to it was when they aired it on the Disney Channel. Mm -hmm. And it got good airtime. I mean, it did air a lot. Um, and there's actually an interesting story to how the movie eventually became about. The... They split this into two parts. The winter and the summer. They aired the 
winter version, like all the winter themed sports on during the broadcast of the Winter Olympic Games of mm-hmm. 1980. Right. And they were going to air the summer version, like the summer sports, right. during the summer games. Mm-hmm. However, Jimmy Carter boycotted the, uh, the summer games in 1980 because right. it was in Moscow, and they never got to show it on TV. So what they did, the people who worked on this, is that they basically put everything together and made it in the one movie. And so you had you had the the summer sports, you had the winter sports, you had everything combined into one movie. And the and the cast that is in this, um, I'm actually surprised this cast doesn't get talked about because this is like you talk about legendary. The people that were in this. And it's only four people in this whole movie. Gilda Radner, Billy Crystal, Harry Shearer, and Michael Fremer. Those are the four. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, here in the U.S., there is no DVD of this fantastic movie. However, if you live in Europe, it is available as a Region 2 disc, so you can get it uh, over in Europe, or if you have a DVD player that um, plays uh, DVDs that can play, you know, Region 2 DVDs, excuse me, it is available there. Or you can find it on VHS, and as a matter of fact, they do have it on VHS on eBay. Uh-huh. Um, and as soon as I find it, or actually it used to be here, I guess they took it off, although you can still buy the, uh, the album, the album you can still buy. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm, I'm sure... You know, you can find the tape. Right. You know, so... Um, but yeah, you know, I just figured the Olympics are coming to an end. This would be a good way to sort of promote the Olympics to a degree. Yeah, I think so. So, now we will go from our movie of the month to our music, our album of the month, and I will get to go, (coughs) excuse me, um, this time, and this was another one where I was like, wow, I have not, number one, picked this band, and number two, I have not picked this album, Uh which is surprising, And, and I think we have that reaction time to time when, you know, we do... Yeah. So the album that I'm going to pick for the month of August is Judas Priest's Screaming for Vengeance. Wow. Um, this... <laughs> this is an album right in the early part of the 1980s. Um, and Judas Priest was really getting into high gear. This... Um, 
this album is just what basically catapults them to really superstardom for the music industry, and they really don't go back. Um, this is... I actually have a little bit of a soft spot because this is the first Priest record that I ever bought with my uh -huh. own money. Right. Um, and, it, and it starts with uh, a guitar uh, solo called The Hellion, which leads into Electric Eye, which was one of the big songs on the album. And then uh, you have Riding on the Wind, Bloodstone, and then a fun song... Um, I, it might sound a little wimpy, but I really don't care. I really like this song. It's called Take These Chains. Um, it's a very good song there. You also have uh, Pain and Pleasure. You have the title track, Screaming for Vengeance. And then you have the big hit from the album, You've Got Another Thing Coming. Um, and if you've ever seen the music video, the music video is... It, you can sort of understand it, but towards the end it gets a little weird. So... You might want to watch that. And then uh, they do Fever, not... That, that's got to be... I just want to say this for the record. That has to be the one word song where, like, everybody changes it up. Fever. You know? Because it's like... You, like, there's something to go... You know, they know, like, Oh, you gave me fever. You know? And then Aerosmith did one, and... Here, Judas Priest does a song called Fever, which is not, you know. And then it finishes off with Devil's Child. And uh, even if you're not really a big fan of metal and you're a fan of rock, uh, this is just a good album. And I definitely recommend it. This is really one of their best records ever. As I had the burp. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Well, mine now seems so seems to very much pale in comparison now. <laughs> okay. Well, since I did Space Jam movie, <gasps> might yeah. as well do the soundtrack. soundtrack. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack. It's, it is. You know, I mean, again, it's. Like I said, this thing is all about nostalgia, and there's a lot of, um, you know, nostalgia for me. Like, um, besides, I believe I can fly, which was heavily overplayed for the long. Oh my time. God! Oh, yes. Geez. I went to dance camp um, the summer after that movie came out, and oh my God, how many ballet routines they set to that song alone? Just ugh. And now it's like when you hear it, you cringe. You know? Yeah, I know. But at the time, it was like, it was such an inspirational song. Mm -hmm. so, and, and, I mean, I think there was, they used to sing it at our church. It wasn't even a religious song. No. They, you know. Oh, my God. But apart from that, you can skip over that song. Okay. Um, for you, I will, Monica, which when I was, I was in middle school, I think, when I saw it. And I used to get all... Oh, it's Bugs and Lola. Until you watch them on the Looney Tunes shows, and it's like a totally different Bugs and Lola. But this one was cute. Um, and um, there is 
basketball. Uh, ba- oh, basketball Jones. Jones. Um, Steel's version of Fly Like an Eagle, which was the version I originally heard. Right. I think a lot of us were like that. Right. And then eventually I heard the Steve Miller band's version of it. Um, So, yeah, there's a few um, little songs on here and, you know, stuff that you might have never even heard before. So it's kind of a... um, The Monsters Anthem, I do not remember. (laughs) I, I must have blocked that out somehow. Hmm. Oh, yeah, and the theme song, the theme song, Space Jam, that was one of my favorites. Like, um, I every time I hear it, I get all I, And it's sung um, Quad City DJs, who their big, other biggest hit at the time was Come On Ride the Train. I don't know if you've ever heard. No, I remember Ride. Yeah, no. Come On Ride the Train. Yeah, Ride it. Yeah, oh, no, so I remember that. It was a catchy, it was really catchy. So, I love the um, Space Jam theme song um in fact if i heard it now i'd probably be, yay <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah i i remember um i'm gonna say this real quick i remember when i was in middle school and some of the uh classmates this was when i was a little older uh-huh. they would sing like uh, their own like parody version of i believe i can fly Oh, yeah. And it was like, I believe I can fly. I got shot by the FBI. That was one version. What was another one? Um, I believe... This is going to sound so... Remember, this was before, like... Nowadays, you'd probably get in huge trouble for this. But, uh... They say, I believe I can die. Um, I... I see me... Um, I think about every... Oh, I forgot the part before that. But then it says, I believe um, mm, something. And it says, I see me running in a clo- into a closed door. Oh, and, no. Yeah. We were, we were very... It, but, yeah, we would make parodies, really horrible, offensive parodies of things. Yep, we were... We were really, especially if it was a song that was played constantly on the radio. Like, you just got so sick of it. You're like, oh, I have to write some, make up something that's so utterly horrible about. This. Like, um, uh, and then a year later, Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On" came out, and suddenly we didn't have a problem with "I Believe I Can Fly" anymore. <laughs> Eh, I don't know. All these years later, I think I still have a problem with that. I song. know, but like it wasn't that right. thing. So then suddenly we were like, oh, well, all right, this that, is worse. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No offense, Fleet Beyond fans are listening. Now, I will say real quick, mm-hmm. and then we're going to start uh, wrapping up before. Well, yeah. anyway, I don't know if you've heard, and, and I think we're going to have to make this our first. Um, battle of original versus cover. Mm-hmm. It was actually early in the summer. She came out with a cover of The Show Must Go On by Queen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, and I, I, I like Queen, but Celine's version, surprisingly, is not that bad. Uh huh. That's all I'm going to say. Not saying it's better, but it's not that bad. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's start um, wrapping it up. I'm going to plug the Twitter one more time. You can follow us uh -huh. on Nostalgia Crew 15. Uh, that's where you go. You can catch episodes and updates and all that other stuff, and you can follow, or you can join our Facebook group. Next month, uh -huh. we are going to do another Saturday morning special. Ooh. We had so much fun with last year. Yeah. Uh, this year, um, as, as soon as I find it, I can tell you guys what the special is, uh, if it is still there, which I hope it is. Mm -hmm. um, if it is still there, um, oh gosh, hold on. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh -huh. I I'm keeping everybody the edge of their seats for this. Um, oh no, I don't think they have it. Oh no! I think it did. No! Alright, I'll tell you guys what it was going to be. Yeah. It was originally going to be NBC with the cast to Save by the Bell. Aww. However, it looks like it is not there, so that means, unfortunately, that I will have to do some work to find a suitable replacement for, um, for the Saved by the Bell one, because, and I'm going to tell you guys this, if they still had it, I had a guess that was going to come on. As soon as I would have told him, and he would have agreed to it, but... Wasn't one of the cast members saved by the bell, was it? No. Been, that would have been great. No, no, no it's not. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, will, I will look for this, folks, and hopefully it is there. Uh -huh. if, if it is not... Um, I'll pick another one for us to watch, and we'll review that special instead. So, uh -huh. um, so I tell you what we're going to do. Um, normally this would be where we say our goodbyes and talk to you guys next month. Um, oh, no, wait a minute. Is this it? I think I found it. Maybe I found it after all. Hooray! So maybe, okay, so I'm going to say as of this moment, yes, we will be reviewing it. <laughs> I don't YouTube, know. Co YouTube copyright laws pending. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it is still back on for next month. Yeah. Although it'll be a cut down version, but it doesn't really matter. Anyway, like I was going to say, this would normally be the part where we say goodbye and talk to you guys next month. However, we, or I, actually had a special interview recorded 
while we uh, while I went to the Project Access reunion, and we're going to play the interview right now as a way to end uh, the show for this month. And you know, leading up to the reunion, I was like, I know this person's going to be there. He's the only one I really wanted. So I was like, well, this is, you know, this is the only one. There's no other person that I can, you know, pick to be interviewed. Uh-huh. We have mentioned this person many times, and now you're going to get a chance to hear him. We call him the... Um, hold on, I gotta get that there. We call him the librarian of the Nostalgia Crew. Yep. And you guys are gonna get to know a little bit more about him. Uh, so here is my interview with Brian Rochester. And you're gonna hear some stories about Project Access and some other stuff. So, hope you guys enjoy the interview. For Danielle, I'm Bill. We'll talk to you guys in September. Hey, Nostalgia Crew, I got him trapped. Daniel and I have mentioned him probably a bajillion times, and now we have him. Brian Rochester. Welcome. Hey, everyone. Uh, the reason why he's here, like I promised last month, uh, was because of Project Access, which Daniel and I both have hope near and dear. To our hearts, and Brian not only was one of the, how many would you say, hundreds of people? Maybe thousands? That have Probably uh, hundreds or thousands. Yeah, yeah, it's close. Um, but he actually was a peer mentor. He was actually my peer mentor in our or in yep. my group the year that I went. So, so what this is, is we... But Danielle and I, we did this last year when we talked about our our Yeah, I, I heard it. And it ended up being the most downloaded episode of the year. Our episode, our episode last year where we talked about Project Access, Danielle Skinner and I, it was the most downloaded episode of the Nostalgia Crew. So maybe we'll do it again. Maybe the Bugs Bunny review will help as well. But... Uh, <laughs> so... Just gonna talk memories, favorite stories that you have. Because um, I actually have a couple that I remember, but it's not too embarrassing. So. Okay. Yeah. Well. I th- yeah, I was one of the uh, students in '97. Which allegedly is the first or second class. We haven't decided yet. Yeah, there's... Our resident is recording. Yes. <laughs> History has not got the fact right. But, any, but that... But details, details. Right. Yeah, so... I, well, I remember when I received... My parent, my mom, had told me about this proud program that was starting mm-hmm. at Howard Community College. Mm-hmm. And I was a freshman or sophomore at, at, at Oakland Mills. And... So I went over. We had, I had to have a. I think the. I don't know how the process of getting being a, being, part, being part being part of the program was. I went. Met with um, 
Mr. Daryl Allen, great guy, and Dr. Schnapp. And they, we had, like, I think they, they looked at my, talked to me and, and asked me questions about, about my, what I'm doing activity-wise and such, and what my disability was And so, and then I, I was received, and I was in the class with um, some people you know, uh, Matt Rockmore, um, uh, Shelby Kennedy, who was also in Rouse, but Rouse scholars, that's a different... When, we're in, when I went to Howard Community College, but that's another story, right. folks. Hey, this is my boy. All right, now we're back. Yeah, so uh, sorry for out of the class. <laughs> sorry, well, and who else is this? Um, Tiffany Fenimore and yeah. Jen Anderson and Jason McDuffie. Mm-hmm. So was Justin not part of it? I don't think he ever was. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. So the. Um, I remember a couple of classes. I might not remember all the teachers' names. I do remember um, the drama teacher was um, Olson, and he he was pretty cool. Actually, uh, I've seen him at other places now. Like there was at Center Stage of Baltimore. The class was very interesting. We were we learned. I think I really learned. You know, be myself because yeah. I. Well, in high school, I was not really part of anything, mm-hmm. like no clique or anything or. What so Project Axis really taught me how to be my own right. my own person. But the fun trips were the school trips. I uh, remember one that was that we was one to Salisbury University. We went all the way from Columbia to Salisbury. And man, the bus broke down at one point. And oh people were getting upset and annoyed. I was just, I'm like, we're almost near the beach, and like, we could just <laughs> try to deter, detour the bus to my beach house. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, at the beach house wasn't big at the time, but that's a right. big. So it was. I don't think we ever, I, we ever went. I don't think Project Access ever went back to Salisbury ever, I, ever again. I would probably believe that. <laughs> and Towson was another one where I we're going up these. I don't know if you're familiar with Towson. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of. I don't remember if I went on. There was uh, a lot of that steps. UMB. No, I went to UMBC. Yeah, that was one of my. Choices. We did. I did UMBC. Uh, we did College Park. Yeah. And Towson was where I actually decided to go to. I got caught up on these steps where it's hot. It's like one of the hottest days in July. Uh, I guess 97 or 96 and I'm trudging up this hill and I have Matt and a girl uh, named Liz Heppel like holding onto my backpack and they're I'm pulling them up this hill like like a like a tow truck like uh, uh. that's my girlfriend talking (laughs) and they're just like it's so hot I should talk like this for the rest of the time so I'm definitely your girlfriend (laughs) yeah we'll talk like this for the rest of the time no well and so it was a it was a nice program and years later I went back and Worked as a peer mentor. Yeah, That's yeah, how did that come? Well, I was offered by Dr. Schnapp, and she offered she offered me like, would you like to come back and be a peer mentor? And I said yes. And now, I, 
Now, what, were I was, your mentors around when you had started, or had uh, that there not was? I think there was probably one or two, but I at the time I didn't know how they got to be. I think they were. They had to be like in at time of college, and I was already at um, Towson University at the time. So I this was in the summer and it was perfect. I was no, I was at home in Columbia, and I enjoyed I enjoyed working with the kids, like you and other people. Yeah, he got to work with this little schmuck. But anyway, <laughs> oh, um, you're not a schmuck, no. man. You never are. Uh, you're crazy, but yeah, I can. No, um, <laughs> I, now I actually. I never said this story. Um, this is, like I said, this is not a humiliating story. Um, I think it was the first college visit we went to. I think it was Bowie State. Oh, yes, Bowie. Because my sister went to Bowie State and she graduated from Bowie State. So I was a, I was a bit more familiar with Bowie State than probably those the people. No. So, while we were on the bus, and I remember this so well, we were sitting next to each other, um, and you put out this piece of paper, and you, you know, you had the paper, you fold it nicely, and he was writing this list down, and he was explaining to me, Brian was explaining to me, he was making a list of the 100 like musicians or bands that were his favorite. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. So because of that, that next week I worked on my 100 favorite wrestlers. <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that. I never finished the list. <laughs> I think I still have the list, but I never finished the list. And I like I'm sort of glad I didn't now, looking back at it. I probably should have made it fifty, but oh well. Especially with the shows that I do, I'm glad that I didn't finish that list. <laughs> but no, I remember that and I was like, let me try this. And then I'm like in my mind I'm like, ah. So, um, and then, and like I told you earlier, um, yeah. with the group that I had, like we had the worst like walking schedule for because we started at the very top, we started at the top level, and then we went to the second level for our next place, and we went down to the main level, and then we had to go all the way back up to the top level for the last class, and then we got to go <laughs> so, um, but, now, did you at any time, when you, like, when you, during the summer, when you, maybe like if you visited HCC or you had classes, did you, like, like, if, like when Project Axis was going on, did you see, like, any of people that were there before, and they're like, hey, you know, and then have lunch, or, is that never... I don't think I encountered a lot of people that I saw. Okay. I'm... I think summertime. I didn't take a lot of summer classes at HCC. Right. 
If I took a non-credit course, but that was not on the camp, on HC campus, it was at Laurel. I did, I did run into a couple times to some people through here and there. I mean, I did work at, I worked at the Clark Library, but I most of the Project Access people I knew were already long gone. Yeah. Because like, because I did a class here from some English class. And it actually got like, lucky because it was a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. I, I don't think you were there in 05. No, I was I was finishing up at Towson yeah. at the time. So, like, we did, or I did my class, and then I would go to the couch area, and I had a book, so I'd read a book, and I'd wait for everybody to come out for lunch. And then I'd come over and eat with, you guys, or eat with them for lunch. <laughs> so, and then, but that was, because that was one of the neat things, was when we got to eat lunch, like, we could eat wherever. Yeah. I remember we, I mean, we didn't eat together every day, but we were mostly outside. Yes, outside times were great. Yes. And then we had the enemy flies in and office scream and trying to move away and like, like get the bees carrying the plague, the plague. That's a cool thing about how walk around. You don't have to sit in one chair. Yeah. One response that I've gotten from talking to a couple people is they can't believe that it's 20 years. I'm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now I, I feel old. <laughs> I just want to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and it just, it's a perfect example of how I think with nostalgia, you know, that's one of the things uh, that we should appreciate. Yes. Is, you know, you know, because you never know how quickly things get old. You know, we, we always talk about how, you know, oh, this movie is 20 years old. This show is 20 years old. But it's the smaller stuff. Of course, the light, time. Yep, we can't, can't go wrong with that, man. But it's the smaller stuff. Some would call it smaller stuff. But to us, it was an important thing for our because it really did get us ready not only in college, life in general. And I think from today being here, or at least for me, you sort of take it for granted, you know, and now you realize, oh my god, this is what it's done. Well, before the our end of the anniversary, to the anniversary right now, uh, Crystal, my girlfriend, I, I was showing up the sites of Howard uh, Community College, and I just, um, I'm just still amazed how much has changed. Oh my God! Yeah, like I, like I was coming here today with my dad, and we were trying to find parking. Well, not only parking, but also Duncan Hall, and I, you know, I didn't remember, so we were going all around. And I was like, oh. Oh, and how much they've changed, you know. But yeah, it just really makes you appreciate. Yes, it certainly does. Um, well, I want to thank you for taking the time out. Oh, uh, you post so much stuff in our group. <laughs> I, we, I'm the librarian. Yes, of we it. have designated you the librarian <laughs> of the nostalgia group. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Um, again, thank you for taking the time out. 
at least we finally have you now on the yes, I say think. you've been on, so <laughs> hopefully we'll have you again. Yay, and everyone's cheering. <laughs> oh, can I just say one thing? One, yeah, uh, one more thing. Uh, I'd like to, um, I know I don't want to make this a sad one, but right. I want to say, um, I want to dedicate this little part to my friend um, Scott, uh, Dennis Scott Maddenly, who passed away last last week, and we all are in our thoughts and prayers, man. Yeah. Rock on. And thanks a lot, Bill, for... Thank you. 